First of all, here's a pro filmmaker tip. Don't name two characters, Sherry and Cheryl, and expect me to always know what the fuck we're talking about, okay? Um, it was Shelly. No, but he dragged Linda out of the... <laughs> well, yeah, but that's not either of those. I finally watched... Hey guys, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Alan. And this is David. And today, we finally watched The Evil Dead. Oh no, buddy. You finally watched The Evil Dead. I thought you hadn't seen this. No, I've seen this. I've seen Evil Dead 2. I've seen Army of Darkness. And I saw the 2013 remake. Oh, well then I finally watched Me, David, The Evil Dead. And also... We'd like to say thank you again to Jesse Jace Thomas for that awesome intro. Every time I hear it, it gets better. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. I like it a lot. And if you want to hear more from him, you can go to jessejacethomas.bandcamp.com. So I was first introduced to this um, series of films, this Evil Dead cinematic universe, if you will. Um, The EDCU, obviously. (laughs) You say the EVC? Oh, the EDCU. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. And so in I, in college, I was in college. Um, and the crowd that I was rolling with were very big into horror movies. And this was like a favorite of theirs. And yeah, I uh, I wondered at then, and, and I still kind of wonder now if this is like where the premise of those cabin in the woods horror movies kind of stem from. You know, this was like kind of mid to late eighties. I, I wanna, I wanna believe that there were probably more cabin in the wood horror movie esque films earlier than this one. But I feel like whenever you see or hear uh, one being kind of remade or uh, like turned on its head it all references and comes from evil dead and um well this one was made in 81 so this was like i think you might evil dead 2 was 87 oh no you're right i was thinking of evil evil dead 2 yeah but you know i mean people love this movie it's definitely like one of the bigger cult cult classic followings that people have and and it's been turned into all sorts of things i remember one year back in like 2015 I went to go see Evil Dead, the musical, and that was amazing. It was actually one of the best um, theater uh, performances that I've ever been to. It was like if you sat in the first five rows, you were in like the soak zone and they just spewed blood all over the audience and everything like that. It was awesome. It's like that dude. Who's that dude that crushes watermelons on people? The guy who's got like, you don't know who I'm talking about? No. Gallagher. Gallagher is who I'm thinking of. On stage? Yeah, he just hit fucking watermelons with a a mallet. And if you're in like the first five rows, you could get watermelon all over you. That's what it was. Whenever I hear like a theatrical performance in like a a splash zone, I always think of Blue Man Group. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw Blue Man Group yeah, in Orlando, and uh, we were way back, though, but they freaking, like, run all over. By the way, the way I had to get to Gallagher is I remember Chappelle did a sketch where he played a black version, and I was like, what did he call himself? Black Gallagher. I was like, okay, Gallagher. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the turnaround. There we go. There we go. Yeah, no, I mean, um, the Evil Dead, the musical, if it's ever in, like, your town or anything, you got to go see it because it is it is fun. Um Anyway, so yeah, and and I think what most people like when they think of Evil Dead, most people refer to the second one, I think because it was like a reboot of the first and it was done in 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 my opinion kind of a better way because I think the way Sam Raimi wanted to do it is he put way more comedic um jest in in the in the film. And it, it was like an because Army of Darkness is like a hundred percent comedy, pretty much. So to have a sequel that's like the Army of Darkness, you cannot have the first movie be like the Evil Dead nineteen eighty one, the one we watched. So the Evil Dead two is a, is a better transition to uh, into Army of Darkness. Does Army of Darkness he goes back in time? Is that what the plot of that is? So a fun story about that is that when Sam Raimi made the first one, it was like a pretty like successful, right? Um, and cold following, but still pretty successful. And then he went to go make another movie and it was like completely flopped. So his agent was like, you know what? You're not really good at anything else. You should go back to like what you know, like back at the Evil Dead stuff. And so who caught wind of him going back to the Evil Dead stuff was Stephen King. And Stephen King was making Maximum Overdrive at the time, which was Stephen King's first directorial debut for his own right. stuff. And so he talked his producer for Maximum Overdrive to fund Evil Dead 2 for uh, Sam Raimi. And so uh, there was like a lot of stipulations and stuff like that. And he was like, look, you don't have to do it this episode, this movie. But one of your movies has to involve medieval times and it has to involve time travel. So that's why Army of Darkness is the way it is, is because of the of that producer. Yeah, so apparently Sam Raimi's second movie is called Crime Wave. Crime and Wave. It's apparently not good. No. Um, well, and you said this movie's successful. So I think one thing that you have to qualify this movie about when you watch it now is it only costs $350,000 to make. Um, and it was made in like 20 days or principal photography was shot in like 20 days in like this one cabin. And then some other, like a couple locations to make the cabin bigger. That was one thing I noticed during the movie was like, this cabin just is bigger and bigger. Like they move this way and they move that way. It's got a fucking basement. Uh, I was like, it makes no sense structurally. Um, but when, when you qualify it with that, that this is like the first movie that Sam Raimi ever made that wasn't a short. It's the first movie that Bruce Campbell acted in that wasn't a short. Um, it's just so impressive. Uh, and it's like, it wasn't scary, obviously, because it's 40 years old, but it was disgusting, which is like the hallmark of a, of a good, scary movie from that time. Right. Um, it's, you know, some of it here and there didn't hold up, but obviously, once again, it's 40 years later. I mean, the same thing sort of with the thing we talked about, which these came out at the exact same time. Um, more, more so on that, though, it's it's like the 
practical effects. Well, okay, first of all, do you know how much money this ended up making? It said like two and a half million, but by this point now, it has to be a lot more, right? Well, uh, if you count this as the baseline for the EDCU, then yes, like a lot more. But I know Evil Dead 2 made somewhere in the $6 million range. So it was like way, and it was like the same budget, right? The same shoestring budget. But um, it it kind of just put Bruce Campbell and, of course, Sam, Sam Raimi on the map. Um, like, I think my first introduction to Sam Raimi, I think a lot of people's first introductions to Sam Raimi is Spider-Man. And so when I learned that this movie was by the same guy who made Spider-Man, I was like, no. <laughs> because but if you really go back and look at his his movies like back in the early 2000s and even like multiverse of madness you see a lot of tropes um that stem from um his beginnings in evil dead you know it's funny is so we said that this was this budget was like 350,000 Spider-Man 3's budget was reportedly $350 million. Spider-Man 3? Yeah. Yeah. Which is just nuts to consider. Because, like, I don't know if we'll ever see again a $350 million budget movie. I feel like there was... I feel like one of the um, MCU movies where it was around, I think Avengers two was around that much. I'm saying like going forward right now, it's like streaming and all that. Yeah. Obviously I think there's, I don't think 350 is the cap anymore, but what I'm saying is like going oh. forward now with like the way Disney cuts budgets on CGI and shit. And they're mostly CGI movies. And then like all the new actors that are in it now who are obviously going to have a lower uh, like uh, pay that they're going to get as opposed to like, you know, RDJ who's making what 50 million a movie. Cause it was like producer credits and all that shit. Like right. we're never going to see something that high again, unless like movie theaters really fucking come back. Right. 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 Well, um, one thing I definitely want to talk about uh, of the evil dead 1981 is the practical effects and probably why a part of their budget was so on the lower end. Um, but then there was some pretty cool stop motion stuff, too. So let's get in it. Let's get in it. So we start the movie out like every other movie with uh, five, five teenagers driving to their uh, friend slash uncle slash estranged neighbor's cabin in the middle of the woods. I just want to talk about the dialogue in the first scene where they're all driving around in the car. It's so like... Um, like Sam Raimi's cutting away to people's different like reaction shots are so corny, but <laughs> I love it. Like I was like, okay, like now if, if you saw that nowadays, it wouldn't hold up, but like watching it back and knowing who he is, there's like the <gasps> moments that, that other characters make is so great. What I noticed is how much it looked like Bruce Campbell wanted to kill all the people singing. And he's just like, shut the fuck up. What about that cutting back to forth, uh, back and forth where they're singing and then the guy, the POV from the wood. I thought that was really cool. That was kind of my favorite part was all of the, um, the camera work. Right. And it's like a common thing. in in a lot of like, you know, now known directors, but their first movies, like how showy they were. That's um, true. Yeah. And did you read on how they did the camera shots in the woods? 
enlighten us. <laughs> Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell on one side and the other of a two by four with the camera hoisted on the middle of it, like tightened onto it, and them just r- running through the woods carrying it is what I was told. I believe it. Or what I read. I wasn't told. I didn't call anybody. <laughs> you call, you call uh, Mr. Raimi himself? Right. Um, that's cool. That's cool. I mean, a two by four running through the woods with a camera, you're just like wondering how many times they just got sidelined by like a branch or like a stick sticking out in the middle of the ground. Well, the other thing I read is that like a lot of people got injured on this, Mm. like just a lot, like Bruce Campbell, mostly like, I think he lost teeth. He got apparently the last scene where it like goes through the different cabins and goes through the cabin and comes and hits him at the end, like the, Mm -hmm. the final ghost or whatever. Um, like really it's fucked a demon. him up. Yeah, it's a demon. Whatever, it's the devil. But it's a dead it, was just, it was just like a motorcycle, and it like crashed into it's a him. Motorcycle. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, well, which which is funny too because I guess that you know we we'll get back to it, but that ending is supposed to be the demon getting him, right? Finally. Um, and I was like, well, that's not going to happen. Obviously, there's sequels, a TV show, and all that. So it's like. Well, what's funny about the the Evil Dead 1981 is that it's kind of a standalone movie because Evil Dead 2, even though it's called Evil Evil Dead 2, is basically like a, a soft reboot remake both. of of uh, yeah both of Evil Dead. Um, so yeah, Evil. This is kind of just a standalone film. Well, the I don't want to get too much into like the things I read, but the, this ties directly to it. The fact that they sold the rights to this because they didn't, you know, Sam Raimi didn't think he'd have anything else to do with it. But then it turns out he didn't actually sell like the rights to the story and characters. And so that gave him the ability to make Evil Dead 2 like later down the road, just like not getting the contract right uh, for whoever bought it. Nice. And also, you know, 2.6 million, like, Two point six million on three hundred fifty thousand is a good return, but it's maybe not something someone's going to fight over in court. They're like, "Ah, what you, that crappy thing you did, you can keep it." Also, can you imagine like losing teeth on set into this like shoestring budget independent movie, like being pretty pissed about it? I'd be pretty pissed about it. But then that like in turn like made Bruce Campbell as successful as he is like today, or he doesn't do much today, but as he was. Um, it's like, okay, yeah, I lose a couple of teeth to, to be that successful now, you know? Yeah. And so back to it, I like we get the camera work all the way up until I love the shot of the car driving up to the cabin and the camera following behind. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really cool. And then we're like right into it. You know what I mean? Normally there's like a lull and you got like 20 minutes until something happens. And this is like the next scene she's drawing and you get the join us, join us, and the cellar door opens, right? Like, it's it's like immediate. Yeah, in the beginning, we, we get into it with like the little things happening. But like we really get into the, the thick of it about 30 minutes into the movie is when like the possessions uh, start. Uh, the, uh, the comedic beat where Scott walks all the way up to the door. And then it cuts to the wide where the other four of them are like still by the cars because they're already like getting bad vibes from this uh, from this cabin. I thought that was pretty funny. 
I didn't think anything was funny about this movie. I don't think it was trying to be funny, but I, there was like the hokey, like them playing around with each other, throwing the stuff out of the car to Bruce Campbell and him like throwing it back. Like there uh-huh. was that, that was like, I don't know. You thought this was going to be like a teen sex horror movie a little bit. And you do get some nudity, um, but really it's just straight horror. But not where you think. Yeah, no, definitely didn't see that coming in the woods. Um, (laughs) You didn't see uh, you didn't see tree rape coming into this playing into this movie. No, no. Yeah, did not. That was um, that was a choice that he uh, that he made. Um, so back to it though, we're, you know, in the house, the cellar opens up, Scott decides he's the one that's going to go down. Um, and Ash is like very quickly, like, all right, it's been 15 seconds. I have to go down too. And then I'm like, yeah, he isn't yelling back, but then you get down there and it's huge down there. (laughs) Like it's (laughs) way bigger than the rest of the cabin. It's so big, actually, that it, you can't really tell what the layout is. Actually, you you can't tell what the layout is for anything during this entire movie. Um, right when you start to think, oh, maybe maybe I get it now. They go through like a whole nother door and there's a whole nother room. And you're like, I'm like, whatever. I don't I don't understand. Um, but yeah, he goes into like the cellar and then there's like a little offshoot room and he finds all this creepy shit, right? He finds, um, like a sword with like a skeleton hilt and then he finds the book, right? The book. Yeah. Um, I didn't notice the book actually until later, like much later. And I, I must've just missed it there. I noticed a book, but I didn't notice it was the book, like the one, the book that she drew. I thought she was drawing a clock. Oh, I I thought that was the cellar. Ah, maybe it was the book. Whatever. It's a fucking rectangle. It was the book with the face on it. Yeah. Um, and then there is some stuff in the beginning where you just like Scott's kind of a fucking idiot. So first he like points the gun right at Ash's face, right. which that's a real shotgun. Then there's this. I don't even remember how it comes up. Comes up, but. Scott says this line. He's like, yeah, everyone hates him. And then the one of the girls, uh, not Cheryl or Linda, Shelly, is like, yeah, just like you. And he goes, ha ha, I'm going to break your face. And I was like, yeah. what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking, wow, 80s domestic abuse really took like a like a, a jovial turn, right? Just casually threatened to break someone's fucking face. And it's just like, ha 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 ha. Oh, Scott. Well, I I read that um, Sam Raimi had to sort of like in the in the years after is like apologize for the tree rape thing, and then Bruce Campbell uh, Campbell has apologized for hitting Linda. And I was like, listen, man, she was a demon at that point. I don't and I don't a- get the apology for any of those because if you set it up in your movie, like the lore is that's how it happens in your you know universe of of the movie that you're writing then you have nothing to apologize for. That was like a, an artistic choice and, and you just have to like commit to that. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I guess I don't, I guess you could say it falls aligned with a lot of tropes of like sexual violence against women in horror movies, but I don't know. In this one, I was just like, it's kind of fucking weird. Um, but I didn't, I don't know. I didn't find it overly like, I didn't have a problem with it overall. You know what I mean? Like, 
but uh, some of the uh, Cheryl who it happens to in the movies just point out later on that like it just today wouldn't be done that way. And I, I probably agree, you know. I yeah, mean, they even, even like 10, 15 years ago, it could have still been done that way. But yeah, maybe not today. I need to I need to rewatch the 2013 remake and see if there was any tree sex in uh in that one. You still gotta um, watch uh, Titan to see the car sex scene. Does the car like come alive and actively like have sex with? The... You gotta watch it. Okay. You gotta watch the movie. Okay. Um, I, it, it's at this point when um when Cheryl's sort of freaking out as the incantation is being read. I'm like. Why is Cheryl brought along here? Because it's like Ashes with Linda, Scotty's with Shelly. And I was like, oh, okay. It's because Cheryl needs to be like the first victim. Like you need someone who's by themselves. Um, Although I did realize later on, Scotty has this off the cuff remark saying that Cheryl is Ash's sister. Which totally makes sense of why Ash was willing to drive her to town. Because if it's not someone you're trying to bang, and it's not someone you're related to, you'd probably just tell them to shut the fuck up. Then out. why put in the effort, right? Yeah, exactly. right. Yeah, what's he doing? You know what I mean? So, okay. I mean, that if it's his sister, that makes a lot more sense. And you know, there's a brothers and sister dynamic in the remake too. So that 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 kind of ties that. Um, I never noticed that he was Cheryl in Evil Dead Two. I'm pretty sure it's just Ash and his girlfriend i'm pretty sure all the other side characters either come in later or just don't exist um i i i'm pretty confident we're gonna do evil dead 2 next year so quit talking about it well i guess i'm the reason i'm saying that is because um for this one you have like the dynamic of like a bunch of teenagers early 20 year olds i don't know how old they're supposed to be but a bunch of people you know together and then it's a lot of it's very different from a dynamic of just like a couple like a girlfriend and boyfriend dynamic so being his sister one it makes a lot more sense and two it's a it's a it's another add-on but it's funny isn't it it's like you have the emotional trauma of them trying to like um get their own girlfriends off of them without hurting them to a certain point but you never feel that weight when Ash has to battle Cheryl at the end. So yeah, I feel like that is something that they were lacking. Right. Right. Um, yeah. It, and the, the part about the sister is like, it's only said the one time if that line's not in there, I don't think there's any indication otherwise. No, not at all. Um, so it's just, that part is one, it's the, it's a byproduct of a of a movie that's you know it's like a lower budget movie and you don't have the you know sometimes you're just like we need this fucking line in here so people understand it but we're you know we don't have the time to establish it more um so we already talked a little bit but about cheryl going into the woods for some reason just being drawn into the woods even though she's by herself and freaked out um and she goes really far in there (laughs) yeah for some reason um you know there's the tree rape scene um it's it's funny reading about the different like because this is so low budget you have no one fighting for it but just like the the censorship in different places this movie was banned in germany until 2016 because of the tree scene i think that's mostly it yeah um and then as far as 
as far as nudity, you just see like one boob and that's it. Well, there's two originally, right? You see Cheryl's and then you see like a side boob of Shelly's. Um, okay. That was my boob counter, but whatever. But <laughs> okay. um, yeah, there's that. And then yeah, it has to be the tree scene and just the rest of it's kind of disgusting. I think looking at it though, I don't know when you exactly watched Evil Dead, but from 2020, a 2022 perspective, you're like, this is tame as hell. You know what I mean? So it's like, social norms change right but like so back then this is just like this is disgusting we can't let society watch i mean you watch the boat that rocked right they're prudes and england had the same uh england banned this movie um for a little bit there's this this woman who was a part of this society um and they had these movies her name was mary whitehouse and she had this idea it's called the video nasty and it was a video nasty list of like movies that I guess she attempted to get banned in England. And so this was banned there for a little bit. But like in the different versions of this, the the sex scene with the trees, I think um, they don't show nudity. Like they show nudity in the original and then they cover it up to try and I think get a better rating in some versions of it and whatever. But just like all the machinations of of trying to get this movie to be able to be played and then just nowadays you look at it and you're like that's so tame yeah compared to what we show people now well yes and no right and i don't want to get into any more of like censorship talk but i think early 2000 2006 2007 was probably prime for us to be as like sexual bloody gory whatever we wanted to be in a movie but now, because of the way society has developed, is we as a society, if we say society anymore, I'm going to feel like the fucking Joker. But we <laughs> society. Shut up. But if, if, you know, as a society, we become much more sensitive to people's, I'm also going to hate using this word too, but triggers, right? And so I feel like a lot of mainstream movies have steered away from being as gory and sexually and whatever as possible because they're thinking, okay, we want to be as acceptable to a general audience as possible. So we're going to take like the, the safe route, you know? Yeah. It's different things though. Like it's maybe not necessarily the nudity, but it's like, how was the nudity procured in the movie? It's maybe not the violence, but who's the violence against? Things like that, right? It's more right. what what groups are being portrayed in what ways is is what has changed, I think. But then we I brought up Titan earlier. It's Titan, but it's like Titan with an E at the end for us American people, if you want to know how to spell it. Um and that's like a foreign movie, and they just don't give a fuck over there. Well the French the French don't give a fuck. Yeah, honestly. So that movie <laughs> is uh is a thing. Um, so Cheryl makes it back to the cabin after the, the tree scene. And for some reason, the door is locked and the keys are on the outside up top over the door again, like, which is where Scott got them originally. Right. How did she even get out of the cabin? And then why was it locked? Like none of that, none of that makes sense to me. Did she go out the back door or a side door? Like, what happened there? The demons, man. You just blame everything on the demons in the end. The demons um, are even the ones that, like, took a couple of the keys and then stuck them into the frame of the door just so it's harder to pull out. Right. Yeah. yeah, I I guess they just really wanted to build the um, 
the sense of dread and the, yeah, the tension. And then Bruce Campbell just opens the door and drags her in. Um, I'm curious what would have happened. Would it just been the limbs that actually got her at the door and dragged her back out? Like tree limbs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably. I, I don't know. Like you, you, and it's weird too, right? Like the demon had to enter her that way. But then for the other people, the demon into the d- multiple demons, the demons entered them in different ways. Like Scott didn't need to have like a tree limb go up his butthole, right? To be a, a demon. So like, it's like, why did she have to do it? And he didn't have to do it. Why did she have to do it? And fucking, um, well, the rest of them didn't have to do it. The rest, the rest of them is basically as if they were zombies or vampires, like blood transfusions or getting stabbed or whatever. That like, but then also from the the POV camera of it traveling through the woods, it's almost like it's in the air, right? Kind of like right. um, they come at night or whatever. So, well, here here's what I read from it is basically Cheryl got infected and she had to get infected outside of the cabin. And then when she was brought into it, she basically took like it could it is now inside the cabin, so it could spread within the cabin. That's what you're supposed to get from it. And Ash is just immune. Well, he's a big, strong man. So, yeah, of course. Well, he didn't start out that way. He didn't start out very strong. Um, So I we're back in the cabin. Uh, He tries to take Cheryl to the city, but um, the bridge is collapsed, basically. There's no way out. They got to wait till morning. Always I the, like, we got to wait till morning. Well, yeah, but I also like the trope, how they were like, um, the car wouldn't start. And then she's like, it's not going to let us out of here. And then it starts, the car starts, and then it's another thing. And then it's another thing, et cetera. Et cetera. I love like she says that. She's like, oh, it's not going to let us out here. And the fucking demon's like, oh, shit, she's on to us. All right, who start the car. Start the fucking car. Let her out. Although, where was Ash? When, when he left to go check on the bridge... He just fucking disappears. Cheryl goes out there to check on the bridge. She gets freaked out, right? She runs back to the car and he just comes out from left field and like grabs her. As many times as Ash is used as a jump scare in this movie and he's never he never becomes possessed. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's just he's just used as like the uh, just the fake outs. Um. I love the segue from them doing the cards. And I love what is it? Linda guessing and Shelly's just fucking lying to her that she's getting them right. Or it's the vice versa. It's the vice versa. And then, yeah. And then Cheryl just fucking has turned. That's like a very cool reveal. And then she fucking stabs Linda's ankle and they're able to get her in the basement. Like that whole part is really cool. And it also feels really natural, which is one of the things that I really like about this movie is that everyone like the cellar door being open, like that was established beforehand and everything like that. Um, Yeah, I think that was all done very well. Like, I don't know why there were already chains on that cellar door, but hey, you know what? Whatever works. Well, I mean, the original guy here probably had his wife locked down there. We get from the tapes, right? So there's the tapes. We didn't really talk about the tapes, but they're, you know, it's like, uh, what are they, like archaeologists or something? It, it reminded me of, like, the guy from The Exorcism, like, the the beginning, right? But, yeah, he's basically just a dude who found the Book of the Dead. He's studying it, and then he's, like, awoken this up, um, which is funny. Like, did by them saying, having the uh, what the incantation said, 
is that what awoke the evil dead outside right yes um yes. which by the way the original title of this was the book of the dead and the guy who helped like produce this was like people don't read baby <laughs> like we got to change the title <laughs> Yeah, the book, uh, the Necron- Necronomicon actually is like a huge like thing that a bunch of lore is based around now. Right. Um, uh, that's the only thing that's consistent through every version and every iteration of Evil Dead is that fucking book. Made yeah. out of human skin and written in blood. But this isn't the this isn't the the genesis of that, right? Like that's a thing. It's a thing from before. Yeah, probably not originally, but in like maybe recent pop culture. Well, yeah, no, it's definitely. Definitely a lot of people probably know it from this more than anything else. Oh, I just looked it up. It's like from HP Lovecraft. So um, back to it. The POV of Shelly's attack is really cool. The way the camera comes through the window. Through the window. Yeah, yeah. But it's like. Fucking Bruce Campbell's just sitting there. Right? Like, all this stuff happens with Scotty goes in there, gets attacked by Shelly. It's a pretty gruesome death for for her. And then fucking Scotty has to chop her body, body up. And Ash is just sitting there like a fucking bitch. And I was like, how does he become the dude in uh, Army, of, Army Darkness. of Darkness? Right? Because right. I know I've seen that's like the that's when he calls it his boomstick, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's when he cuts off his hand, puts whoa, the chains. Whoa, oh. whoa, whoa. Sorry, sorry. Whoa. Yeah, the boomstick. That's all that happens. That's all I asked for. <laughs> it just didn't have to ruin more of it for me. Um, but yeah, it's just surprising from the start, which you've already kind of pointed out several times that the Evil Dead 2 is sort of like a, is a reboot slash just like that's what I should actually look for, you know, going forward. Exactly, exactly. Um so yeah, uh, that that death is pretty gruesome too. Like she, uh, I didn't understand that. So she gets her arm almost, her hand almost like cut off from Scott's hunting knife, but then she starts like gnawing and chewing at it. Uh, was she eating her own arm? I don't know what was happening there. She was like chewing it off so that then she could switch hands. But then I think what at either Ash or Scotty grabs it and stabs her with it. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. Scotty then just decides he was listening to the tape and he's like, I got to fucking dismember her. And I love that. He, Scott's like, yeah, we have to bury her. And Ash was like, you can't bury her. And he's like, Ash, she's dead. What are you, what are you talking about? We have to bury her. Yeah. Um, and then Scott is, it's funny too. Cause he has the right idea for this too. He's like, we have to get the fuck out of here. Like now he's like, you can stay with Linda. And your sister. I think this is when he says it. But he's like, but, you know, they're gone. And I, um, the reveal of Linda, first, like, the way it's done is kind of a little hokey, doesn't hold up when you see, like, the the cut the sort of like, webs coming yeah, off of her ankle. Yeah. But then the way she, her demon acts, instead of just being, like, kind of very aggressive, just is, like, kind of creepy and laughing and all that. Yeah. Is really cool. And then the, the changing back did throw me off a little bit, like which it threw the character off. Yeah, I was gonna say it threw Ash off too. But it threw me off too. I was like, oh wait, wait, what's happening here? You know what I mean? <laughs> you're you're the character in the movie that's like, 
oh, thank God you turned back to normal with me absolutely having to do nothing. Let's get the hell out of here. No, no, I still kill her. Still <laughs> oh, kill her. really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, what about that? Those relationships not working out anyway. So, <laughs> what about those practical effects? Right, that like sometimes they're really good. Like at the end, where they use like a practical effects mixed with stop motion, looked amazing for what it for what it was. But the practical effects for like, just like the regular makeup for when they turn demons, the it's just like you threw a bunch of like fucking plaster of Paris and like paper mache on their face. Well, and their eyes were apparently these very thick contact lenses yes. that were so thick their eyes couldn't breathe, so they can only have them on for like 15 minutes at a time. Oh, so they that just had just to keep sounds... applying and taking them off. That's, that sucks. That sounds like it sucks. Well, it's the type of thing, too, that if you're like with like really good Hollywood makeup artists, you're like, okay, it's not as bad, but this was done in a fucking cabin in the middle of Tennessee. You're yeah. just like, this isn't proper. Um and you were talking about the special effects. The when Scott hits Shelly, it's clearly like a fucking mannequin. Like he takes the shovel or whatever and hits her in the head and just like crumples. So I was like, that was clearly like not a person. Yeah. Her body I mean, just like that, deflated. That happens a bunch of times. They use mannequins if it's exactly like a mannequin in a in a bunch of things. I like the stuff where where uh, Ash was just slapping linda back and forth back and forth and you could tell like his hand was clearly farther away from the actress and i was like they had a time his hand movements with her like veering her head back and forth perfectly you know right yeah well it looked real too um and i wonder if he did hit her a little bit because you know like i said earlier he like apologized in years after um but no yeah that part is really good it's also too i guess what scott has left and then he comes back in i love the line he's like the trees ash they know they're alive oh yeah that's another thing right is like we don't know what happens to scott when he leaves the thing so does he is it the same thing that happens to to shelly because um he's like scott what happened to you i don't want to talk about it but we gotta get out of here <laughs> no because uh right after that he like dies on the couch and then he turns into a demon so yeah very well that could have happened to him uh yeah it could he was bloody all over he like got it a lot worse than cheryl did the first time that's like a common like the de- the de- the evil dead can't reveal itself too much in the beginning of the movie but towards the end it's like let's fuck scott up yeah yeah, yeah. of course of course so you were talking about how like bloody and disgusting this movie is, but then it, it goes to like fucking 11, right? When they start like, um, so he, he drags, first of all, here's a pro filmmaker tip. Don't name two characters, Sherry and Cheryl, and expect me to always know what the fuck we're talking about. Okay. Um, it was Shelly. No, but he dragged Linda out of the, yeah, but that's not either of those. <laughs> so he drags Linda out, right? She's like possessed by the laughing um, deadite. And then he drags her out of there. And I think he, oh yeah, he knocks her out. He ties her in the shed with like chains. And then he veers the chainsaw. And he can't do it. He, he chickens out. Yeah, and that is apparently a real chainsaw. Um. And that was really running. It's fucking dangerous. Um, 
the, I do like the part. It's either right before this or right after. I can't remember. But Linda turns back normal, and then you hear Cheryl from in the uh, in the basement, like, "Yeah, I'm good too. If you want to just let me out." And then she like fucking grabs through the wood, and like, is this one? No, no. So right after this, he takes Linda into the woods. Is going to bury her alive, basically, and she just fucking destroys his ankle. Oh yeah, like when she pops her hand out of the dirt yeah. and she just claws it to fucking oblivion. Yeah, and then, dude, one of the coolest things is like camera tricks or whatever you want to call it is when he he goes and stabs her with this like big like pole thing, and the way that the they angle everything is like she lifts him up while holding on to the pole and then throws him. I thought that was really well done for like practicality. That was done. Well, yeah, no, I agree that whole scene. And then like the way it was funny because he chops her head off in midair and then her body lands (laughs) on him and then starts to fucking grind on him a little bit. Yeah. But also as she's trying to choke him as her neck hole is just pouring out blood. And that's what I was like, how has he not turned yet? <laughs> like all these I other don't, people that have turned. I don't think it's a blood infection thing though. I think it's kind of like an I am legend thing. I don't know if you remember the practicality of that movie, but some people were affected by airborne, like a large percentage. Some people were affected by like getting bit or blood. And then some people were just like 100% immune. My theory, and I don't read Demon, but there's probably something in the book that explains, like, you know, we need a human to do something, or we need to, like, torture this person for some reason or some sacrificial, you know, ideology. So it's like they have no issue singling out one person keeping them normal and then fucking up the rest of the people within the vicinity to drive him crazy or maybe he needs to do something with the book i don't know i mean this is just like there's no rhyme or reason to this uh yeah i agree i um you know once again we've talked so much about like the genesis of this movie it's the first movie for a lot of these people and like all the time when you have these sort of low budget movies that then turn into this whole thing it's like the lore and the everything gets decided afterwards about how things work so i am 99 percent certain that between evil dead 2 and army of darkness all this that we're talking about is explained well we'll get there in two years we'll probably finish this up and then maybe we'll do the tv show or something we're not no we should no we should do the remake you'd like it actually maybe uh, next they're year's. coming out sorry they're i'm sorry they're coming out with the sequel to the 2013 remake next year um yeah i don't know i it's funny that like what i was about to say is that our like spooky season next year is probably just gonna all be sequels of things oh, we've already done 100 percent, 100 percent. and we'll, maybe we'll finally we're building up the 13th we're like uh we're like the mcu where we have a bunch of originals for like, uh, you know, our first two um, phases. And then phase three is just the sequels to everything we've already built up. And then we're going to get to certain sequels and be like, yeah, we don't need to do the next one. This was uh, this was shit. So um, we get back to it after uh, Linda's dead. He goes in. Cheryl's escaped. He shoots her. And then there's this big 
scene of him like closing the front door and then closing the back door, like that's going to save him. Um, right. But now Scott's missing. So he goes downstairs. I love, he goes downstairs. They show his fucked up angle ankle. And then it's like a quarter of a second later, he trips and like falls and you're like, Oh, you're showing the ankle because we, you were like, why did he fall? That's uh, yeah. Because his ankle's messed up. Right. Um, and then the just the blood everywhere. Like I, I didn't quite understand that. Did you understand that? Like where that pipe is coming from, or like what is holding that pipe together? And it like gets in the light. No, I didn't understand it. What I did read is that like someone uh, gave them advice when they were making this. They're just like, just make it as bloody as you can. Like just keep the blood flowing is what they said. And so that's what they did for this scene. Just as like a. As out a, of the out of the yeah. power outlet sockets, out mm-hmm. of yeah, yeah everything, which I mean, it's just like an all encompassing demon, right? So yeah, it can make blood appear everywhere. You know, I mean, the sure shining can the shining sure can. had blood coming out of an elevator. It turned on a um, a uh, a vinyl record player. It turned on a, a, a cinema film camera, um, and then it blew them all up. So yeah, it can do anything the fuck it wants to do. You know what that the 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 music reminded me of, and obviously this came afterwards. But the only part of Jeepers Creepers I've seen is the very end, and it ends with like a very similar, like it's it's such a horror movie trope now to end with that type of song choice, like playing as like something really fucking like gruesome is happening, or like something very scary has just happened, and like the movie ends to have this kind of like old song playing on a record player. So you kind of remind me of his reasoning of going down into the into the basement because he whispers something. Well, yes, but he whispers something, and I thought he said shelves, like. (laughs) And I was like, then he goes down to the basement, he's like shelves. What's on the shelves? And then he goes and he grabs like the shells, and I was like, shells. That's what he's talking about. And then he has the flashback about dismembering. He's like, oh yeah, I got to dismember it. But it's like you already saw Scotty do that, like. You knew about that, bro. Well, that was he did that with um, Linda. Right. And we've talked all about the camera work, but the ending, I think, is like the best part of it because it it's not necessarily a POV, but it like the way the camera moves with Bruce Campbell is so disorienting. And yeah. we've already talked about the way the cabin works and how it doesn't really maybe make sense, but it like, it just makes the ending so disorienting, disorienting. And then you have like these two people that could attack at any moment. Like it, it helps with making the ending so much better and scarier. And then you have like just this mirror that turns into water for some reason. That's out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, but it's cool. Like you can't, you can't even be mad at it. It's cool um yeah and and you have like this this lull you, you know you were saying that lull is in the beginning the lull is kind of here oh yeah Cause, absolutely because bruce campbell is kind of has his back up against the door there's a lot of time spent just a close-up on his face with his eyes looking around trying to like fucking figure out how to get out of this um he gets freaked out by the window and he shoots the window so now he has to like take time and he has to like reload the shotgun right um and this is actually a legit jump scare that I actually jumped at a little bit was that her fucking hands breaking through the door and grabbing him. Right. I was like, oh, my God. 
And then Scott attacks from the front. So now he's being attacked by the two people at the same time. Um, and then, yeah, he fights them off and, and, um, oh man, how gruesome did you think when he shot, when he shot through the door into her face and like half of her face was missing? Well, that's not as bad as what I thought the coolest part to me was when Scott picks him up and he fucking uses his thumbs to gouge Scott's eyes out. Yeah, that's pretty good too. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, all of that leading to him realizing he needs to burn the book and then um, the as you talked about, it's like basically like claymation looking like like the demons destroying themselves and dying and just like decomposing all quickly. I thought that was so cool that that was my favorite part of the movie. I thought that looked the best. Like with the demons coming out of their bodies and then like self-destructing. I thought that was so cool. It's one of those things that to me it looks cool when you consider the budget in the year right like that came out well today. yeah i mean yeah i'm just saying like i'm not i'm not i'm not shitting on it i'm just saying like yeah that sounds is, like you're shitting on it i'm just qualifying all right just qualifying, a right? big old dump on it the first time i saw this was september 22nd 2022 all right so <laughs> i'm just saying it's been 40 years just it looked a little different um and and one thing, though, kind of the one of the last things I want to say is like, you know, I don't know. Bruce Campbell's had like an interesting career, right? Like, I don't sure. know that everyone's ever considered him like, you know, a fucking amazing actor, right? He's definitely considered more of a comedic actor, but then he does these, and it, he's the type of guy that people love when they see in a movie, right? Right. But the last. 20 25 minutes all depend on his ability as an actor and that's why it works like he's really great in this end and it's just all the work is on him no i agree he he has this charisma that even when he's not saying anything you really are rooting for him to come out of this one way or the other so when when he's thrown on the ground and then he turns back up and he just like fucking um, you know, shoots them or stabs them or whatever. It's just like a yeah moment. And you know, it's funny too because it's like I was introduced to Bruce Campbell in in two different ways. One, I didn't even realize I was being introduced to Bruce Campbell was his cameos in Sam Raimi's Spider Man movies, right? right? Him as the uh, uh, wrestler announcer, and then as the Maitre D in Spider Man Two, and then he's something else in spider-man 3 um but then when i was really really like introduced to like older bruce campbell acting was him in burn notice i knew you were gonna mention burn notice (laughs) uh yeah so he's just this really like kind of dynamic dude but yeah it just really works for this kind of uh kind of role right and then I, i do love the way the the movie fades out too. Like it's got this wholesome music as like the join us, join us is fading out. And then she's got this kind of normal music. That's like hopeful. And then you have the demon kind of going through and then attacking Bruce at the very end. And then it ends with that, like, you know, old song on a record player feel to it. So all of that is just like a very, it's a very well done ending that I've now seen copied thousands of times in like horror movies and TV shows and whatnot. Did you, um, 
Were you there when I dressed up for Halloween as Ash? No, I don't think I have the, uh, the privilege of seeing that. You know what? You should just send me a copy of it, and I'll sneak it in the uh, end of like the Instagram reel. Like, I, I don't even know, but but it was Ash Ash. I dressed up as Ash from Army of Darkness mixed with Ash Ketchum from Pokemon. It was pretty awesome. Of course you did. Of course you did. Yeah, we don't need to put that in. Um, I, I missed that, unfortunately. That's a shame. Um, no, I mean, overall, you know, you're right. It's 40 years and there's a lot of corny, hokey stuff that that. But I think as like the baseline for a bunch of these films and especially introducing the world to Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi, you have to give a lot of credit to Evil Dead. And I think, uh, yeah, I it's not one of my favorite films, but it does hold a special place in my heart. Yeah, and for me, this is like the baseline to be able to watch Evil Dead 2 and um, Army of Darkness. So that in and of itself. But I actually really liked it. Um, it's, you know, I talked about this when we did Super Dark Times, our last movie, because it's just like we're at a point now where you're not really going to have these indie movies anymore. Like you're going to have these like indie streaming movies, right? Like all movies now are going to be cheaper so when you find these movies that just like came out of nowhere with no budget um, and sort of like people taking a chance, or at least it felt like that, right? And just it's like, right. you know, this movie is kind of like, some people consider this like the greatest horror movie ever made. And I think it's, it is, it is like, it's not like the Citizen Kane of horror movies is like a, it's, I'm not saying it's like the invention of it, but it's just like, this coming out at the same time as like the thing it's just like it's taking horror movies in like such a not a new direction but it's just like it's just like no, it's a feel, different direction but people just see this and are like holy shit and then as you just said so many like cabin in the woods horror movies coming after this right and just like this did so much like for the genre and once again three hundred fifty thousand dollars, and it's the first movie that this guy made uh, and that this guy acted in and just that's like that in and of itself is amazing even movies like they come at night right it's kind of like kind of yeah. like the this and and um at that new m night Shyamalan movie knock at the cabin door right i it's, just saw the trailer for that it looks i mean hit or miss for him recently but I'll, i'm gonna watch it yeah same same well thanks for listening to another episode of i finally watched i'm alan and this is David, and I finally watched The Evil Dead. <laughs> <laughs>